I'm Shannon, and welcome to our first episode, maybe. <laughs> One of our first episodes. Yes. Our first recording, let's say. Yes. We're in the studio. It's cozy. It's fall. It's a little stifling, but that's okay. <laughs> you know, it's an old house-ish, relatively. Not old enough to be interesting, though. No, you know, you don't have, like, there's no ghosts singing Shakira around here. Like, you know, like, it, there's no 2007 ghost. I can't wait. <laughs> right? I'm going to be, like, 90, and then I'm going to be, like, I'm, there's going to be a spooky voice that's, like, Shakira, Shakira. Yeah, and I'll be, right? like, if, if that If that happened to me. If I, okay, it's on the record now, but if I go out early, hopefully not. <laughs> if I go but out please early. please know that I'm going to come back and haunt people. I'm fine with By that. sneaking up behind them. At really inopportune moments, you're about to make a big presentation, you're about to go on a date, you're about to get married, <laughs> and I'm just going to be there. About to get married, the bigger one. Whispering behind you, it's Britney, bitch. <laughs> I don't see how that can't pump you up, though. I mean, but like, I don't know. Especially, though, I guess when you're like, when you eventually become a ghost, because let's, let's just assume that it happens, because we know that... It's going to happen. But if you become... Ooh, and this is our introduction of... <laughs> I'm a diabetic. <laughs> and you know what's not a conspiracy? Insulin prices. That's just robbery. Anyway. <laughs> when we do become ghosts, mm -hmm. I feel like there has to be something... Something that we would know that no one else would. So that, like, the, con the context would be lost in the, like, 40 years when we're, like, ghosts. So I feel mm. like maybe Britney bitch would be, would be one of those things. I don't know in 40 years if anyone's gonna really, like, hold on to that pop culture reference. I mean, millennials, or I heard recently that we might be zillennials, because we're in that awkward in-between of millennials and Gen Z, which I was like, why do we like labeling things so much? I don't know. But we cling to nostalgia because we've experienced a lot of generational trauma. You know, you got 9-11. You got the 2008 stock market situation, recession. Not being able to find a job. The war on terror, which, like, I don't know how you combat a concept, but... I feel like we can just acknowledge now that we're going to get political on this podcast. Maybe not in depth, but... We're in the D.C. area, for anyone who doesn't know. So it's a bit a part of our lives consistently. Also, we're in America, so it's a part of our lives constantly. But... Drop the Childish Gambino clip. Yeah! This is America. Oh, I love him. Donald Glover is amazing. All right, anyway. Sorry. Speaking of rappers. Oh. Transition. Oh. Today, I'm going to talk to you about Tupac. Oh, okay. I honestly, I have never actually looked into this case at all. So I'm very excited. <laughs> I, uh, this is the caveat. I mean, I feel like it's a caveat for the whole podcast, but specifically for me on this episode as your host... Um, I might get some stuff wrong. This is a new field for me. That's I fine. don't really listen to a lot of rap or hip hop, but I can appreciate it as an art form. Uh, and I will get to what brought me to this case later in the episode. 
and it'll make a little more sense. All right, here we go. Very excited. Enough chit chat. To the notes. The agreed upon facts. Okay. So I'm going to lay out things that are not really in contention. Okay. So. Good to know. The things that should be believed. Yes. Got it. The artist known as Tupac, T-U-P-A-C, or as it's published on his albums, the number two, P-A-C. I didn't know Tupac. That. Yes. Um, was born Lachaine Paris Crooks on June 16, 1971, in Harlem, New York. At age one, he was renamed by his mother, Tupac Amaru Shakur. And the reason she did that is that she wanted him to have the name of revolutionary indigenous people in the world. Amen. So, Tupac Amaru means shining serpent, and Shakur means thankful to God. Um, Note because this will come back later, both Tupac's mother and birth father were active members of the Black Panthers. Ooh. So just hang on to that. Okay. All right. So then in 1984, he moves to Baltimore. He attends the Baltimore School of the Arts. He studies acting, poetry, jazz, and ballet. He's in Shakespeare. It's great. He wins, like, the best rapper contest at his school. He befriends Jada Pinkett later to be married to Will Smith. Apparently they were really tight. We're gonna, we're just skimming through the early, the early years. Early years. In 1988, he moves to California. And in 1989, he starts recording, but he doesn't really break onto the scene, the rap scene, until 1991. His first album, you're gonna appreciate this. Okay. Is named to, the number, Tupacalypse Now. Yeah. I love that. So, I love it so much. It's uh, so silly. <laughs> it's great. We love a pun. I do. And I that is one thing that even though it's maybe not my go-to style of music to listen to, I so appreciate the wordplay and like the double meanings of words that come with rap music. Yeah. I think it's really, really And obviously he's well-versed enough in poetry that he like understood the form and all of that. Yes. So... All right, That's and then awesome. we got a couple other fun little facts that I'm not okay. going to go into super depth, but uh, fun fact, Tupac auditioned for the Disney movie Cool Runnings. Really? Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. About uh, the Jamaican bobsled team. Yes. DCOM, Disney Channel original. Um, at one point, he and Madonna dated. Oh. I really didn't get into any further depth, but uh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, yeah. So Tupac is praised as one of the most influential rappers of all time, especially because his songs commented on issues faced by inner city residents. So he was commenting on systemic problems that were going on. It wasn't just like, this is my life and it's all chill and good. He was really drawing attention to it. So he is cited by many rappers today. 50 Cent was one of them that came up a lot. Uh, Jay-Z, highly influential. And he is part of the Hip Hop Hall of Fame and has won many other awards throughout his life. Um, However, it was not all easy peasy. (laughs) I'm clearly not a rapper. (laughs) Is that your your rap name? Easy peasy? Um, You know. Easy. Stop. Easy. No. (laughs) Please strike that. Strike it from the record. All right. Well, but I Um, like it. 
So he did face challenges with the law throughout various points of his life. There were gun charges, violent fights. I'm not going to get into it super in depth because that's not the conspiracy part of this story of his life. Um, however, in 1995, he did go to jail um, for the sexual abuse or assault of a 19-year-old woman. Mm. Um, so not great. Yeah. We're acknowledging that. Uh, you know, he is very well revered within his field. However, all of your faves are problematic. Uh, we will learn <laughs> throughout this um, podcast. Um, on that note, Tupac is the only artist to have an album at number one on the Billboard charts. Uh, the album was Me Against the World while incarcerated. Oh. Yeah. Which... You know, I guess was never a statistic I considered, but is clearly one that exists. That's fascinating. Indeed. And Tupac, throughout my research, was described very much as a hard worker. His work ethic was off the charts. Literally the day he came out of jail, he went to the studio. He was recording Whoa. three tracks a day. And he was of the opinion that if you could not wrap your verse completely in one take you were not an experienced rapper. Like, you shouldn't be recording because if you needed to practice, get out of the studio. Which I think I goes mean, to show how yeah. elite of a level uh, rapper he was. So, he was involved in the East Coast versus West Coast rap rivalry. Um, and he represented the West Coast, even though he was born in New York and at one point went by MC New York. Uh, he was repping the West Coast because he was signed by Death Row Records, which was based in Los Angeles. Um, Biggie. Yes. Okay, so this is the portion where I'm like, yes, Tupac, Biggie, those are the only things <laughs> I know about this case. Yes. Uh, Biggie, also known as the Notorious B.I.G., yep. was an East Coast rapper, but actually before they kind of got into this feud of East Coast versus West Coast, they were friendly and... Uh, Tupac gave Biggie advice. Like, Biggie wanted Tupac to kind of be his mentor and to take him on. And Tupac actually was like, no, you should stay over here with these folks because they're going to get you much further. Um, P. Diddy. He recommended that Biggie go with Diddy. Um, (laughs) clearly... I'm very happy with that. Clearly, I, uh, am not used to these, these names, but they were big players in the scene. And, all right. I just loved your face. Biggie and Diddy. Look, because it's a new a new field for me, I really want to try hard to say things correctly. No, I And know. not just be just like, cute. oh, what's his name? Um, my, my brain was picturing the article, trying, and I was like, Sean Diddy Holmes. Combs? See? This is why we take notes. All right. Anyway. Jump to September 7th, 1996. Tupac. And Suge Knight, who was then the CEO of Death Row Records, so basically Tupac's boss, but also his friend, and their friends had just seen a Mike Tyson fight at the MGM in Las Vegas. Ooh, Vegas. Yes. We're in Vegas. Picture it. The lights. The casino. Mike Tyson. Very famous fighter. Top of his game as well. In the lobby, they get into a fist fight with an alleged Crips member uh-oh. Orlando Anderson. Right, right. But, you know, eventually the fight breaks up. They leave the MGM. 
and they start driving toward a club where Tupac has a gig. You know? Just, oh, we got into a scuffle. Moving on. At a stoplight, a white Cadillac pulls up next to their vehicle. Tupac's in the passenger seat. Suge Knight is driving. An unknown shooter fires 14 shots into the car. Wow. Drives off. That's a lot. You know, if you're trying to get a job done, I guess you overkill. Really want to, um... Like shooting a fly with a cannonball? Well, that's a metaphor for it, isn't it? <laughs> All right. Despite the... Despite... Am I interrupting you too much? <laughs> no, you're fine. <laughs> uh, despite there being 14 shots, Tupac is shot four times. I mean, okay. obviously that's more that's a than... a lot, yeah. More than preferred, but yeah. considering he was in the passenger side, um... And so he's shot twice in the chest, once in the arm, once in the thigh. And one of those bullets pierces his right lung. So he's taken to the nearby hospital in Vegas. And several days later, on September 13th, 1996, at 4.03 p.m., Tupac is pronounced dead. Okay. And the official cause of death was listed as respiratory failure leading to cardiac arrest. So, right, one of those bullets went in his lung. They did everything they could. Unfortunately, he passes away. And now, conspiracy! (laughs) So, who killed Tupac? I don't know. (laughs) The prime suspect is Orlando Anderson, who's that guy... That they got into the fight with at the MGM lobby. Okay. So, the prior insult of a fight, and many people view it likely as a retaliatory gang hit. Okay. So, he was insulted by Tupac and Shug Knight, so he and his gang members supposedly came after them. However, he was never charged, and later he was killed in an unrelated gang shooting. So even if it was him, he didn't have the opportunity to confess or offer any insight on that. So that would be, in my mind, the most easy A to B like, to C. Yeah, there's it, probably the most logical of the conclusions you could come to. Yes. Next candidate that is suggested by many people is Notorious B.I.G. Biggie. Okay. Because they were East Coast versus West Coast rivals. They were both very popular. Maybe there's some jealousy involved. Um, They had, the two of them, Biggie and Tupac, had exchanged songs mocking each other. Biggie released a song kind of making fun of Tupac's uh, arrest for gun charges in previous years. Tupac came back with a song that insinuated that he'd slept with Biggie's wife. Oh! Yeah. Um, Did he? I don't know. know. Okay. I mean, I don't know. But obviously there were some feelings about that. However, Biggie was killed six months after Tupac in an as-of-yet unsolved drive-by shooting in L.A. Okay. So both of them... Drive-by shootings. Unsolved, technically unsolved, um, drive-by shootings. Which is, like, obviously terrible in any case, any time a life is lost, but... Especially to the genre of rap music, you and, know? And the fact that they were rivals? Yeah. It's it's a little interesting. It feels very, uh, like, Shakespearean to me. Yeah. You know, the downfall of two massive, you know, it, like, to put it, <laughs> to put it in slightly more ridiculous terms, but imagine 
in the 90s if Britney and Christina <gasps> both died mysteriously. Yeah. You know? Like, okay, yeah. Anyway. That was a side. That was an aside. That was, that but, was Shannon making sure that I fully understood the concept that we were going with. <laughs> just trying to make it relatable. You know, that they were both in the same genre. They were both, like, High idols up. in yeah. their field. All right. The next contender is that Suge Knight is the one behind the killing of Tupac. Wait, okay, so, but he was in the car. How did he not get hit? Did he get hit? However... We did not discuss this. <laughs> I'm asking questions you are about to answer, right? You are correct. Okay. <laughs> so, there were rumors that Tupac was going to split off from Death Row Records to start okay. his own label. Okay. So, Suge Knight was worried as the CEO he's maybe going to lose one of his, like, main people. His, yeah. like, cash cow. Um, interestingly, Knight walked away from the shooting with hardly any injuries. He had, like, a grazed temple. Ooh. Okay. Hashtag Wait. suspicious. Where did the other ten bullets end up? I assume in the car. Okay. I, I've i never shot into a vehicle before or shot anything ever. A paintball gun. A, I was going to say, not even a t-shirt cannon? Uh, no. That implies that I go to sports games. <laughs> and that I was a mascot. <laughs> No, although one time I did dress up as Dora the Explorer for a volunteer event. I needed volunteer hours for NHS in high school. Wait, in like the, the like... The big big head, yeah. Oh my god! (laughs) Would not recommend, anyway. No, 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 no! (laughs) That's so hilarious to me. You were in high school? Yeah. Where were you? So, my friend, Amanda... Shout out to you if you're listening. You're probably not because you're a nurse. Thank you to all of our nurses. Amen. Um, But her mother, also involved in the medical field, got us connected. There was like a family fun day at a hospital. Oh, okay. Like a community day. Okay. This makes much more sense now. I truly, I lucked out because Amanda was in the Scooby-Doo costume. So hers was furry. Oh. Yeah. Anyway. Sorry. Back to Suge Knight. He did not have very many injuries. Very suspicious, right? Okay. Yes. Um, and in 2017, he spoke on a theory that his ex-wife and former head of security actually put out the hit on him to gain control of the record label. So he's saying, why would you say that I'm trying to take out Tupac? Actually, they were coming for me, but they got to basically saying Tupac just got caught in the crossfire. But the, but the four bullets that hit him and then hit Shug. Yeah. And both his ex-wife and former head of security deny any allegations, obviously, but just thought that was interesting. It's that, yeah. But then, finally. Uh-oh. The most interesting option. Oh, no. Psych! Tupac is still alive! I really like this as, like, a thought in terms of, like, anybody who's ever died. Like, Elvis, potentially Paul McCartney, we'll get there. Uh, all of that, because there's so... I want to know what the evidence is. Yeah. Let me stop talking, you, you tell me. Let's go. Okay. So, and I will share my sources at the end, because there are lots of sources. Um, but one of the things people point to is that the coroner's report lists Tupac's height as six foot and okay. his weight as 215 pounds. However, his latest driver's license showed that he was 5'10 
and weighed 168 pounds. What? So, unless he magically grew two inches and was really bulking up at the gym. When was the driver's license? It did not indicate a date. Oh, ooh. But suspicious. And then neither of us really like autopsy photos, so I'm not going to show Emma anything. Um, Thank you. If you're listening and you're curious, you can find this on the internet. But if you look at the autopsy photo, Tupac really looked up to Machiavelli, like the Italian um, author of The Prince. Yes. So he had his alter ego, eagle, his alter (laughs) eagle, his alter ego, Machiavelli, he had a tattoo of this alter ego. Um, It wasn't an eagle. I don't believe so. (laughs) It might have been. I really should have written it down, but I really didn't want to look at the picture for very much longer. But basically, he had a tattoo on his neck related to this alter ego. And in the autopsy photo, that tattoo is missing. Huh? How do you miss a tattoo? How long did he had the tattoo? I do we don't know. know. No clue. Sorry. <laughs> These are questions are you? Shannon has no CIA. I'm sorry. <laughs> but suspicious. Yeah. Right? Like you can't just get rid of it unless he drew it on in Sharpie every single morning. <laughs> I I I don't think so. Right? Like no. Also, one level deeper, Machiavelli, the Italian one, faked his own death. <gasps> Which further lends evidence to folks who think that Tupac is still alive. Like, what a long con. Right? Yo, dude, I love this. <laughs> Y'all, you can't see her face, but she's freaking out. <laughs> I'm very happy about this. Also, in the autopsy photo, both Tupac's head and his face are shaved. He'd been in the hospital for six days. Why would they bother to shave him before the autopsy? Before the funeral, I can understand... But before the autopsy. I wonder if, because during an autopsy, they end up having to peel back your face in order to get to your brain. Sorry. Weird things that Emma knows. Um, And in order, like, in order to do that, you don't necessarily have to shave anything. Um, But my assumption is that, like, if you are wanting to get, like, a cleaner cut or something, maybe you would. But it does, yeah. That's the only possible thing. I am not an autopsy technician. I'm not I, a yeah, if medical you, examiner. If you I have know no anything, please Seriously. write in. Um, but otherwise, I can't imagine why you would do that. But yeah. I think, like, this is one of those examples, like, hearing you talk about that, that I feel that there is likely a logical explanation. Yeah. I know. Mean, but at least like, or somebody's, like, you're, oversight. When or, you're, uh, like, you know. When you are in conspiracy mode, every little Everything. thing is is part of your uh, evidence. So I feel like that's one example of that. Um, all right. Next, some people indicate the fact that his Tupac's mother, when speaking to the press about her son, her, her word choice was that her son, quote, chose to leave quietly. Huh? Rather than he passed away or moved on to the next plane or anything like that. So some people are like, maybe she knows something. You know, maybe she was like, I'm not lying. He chose to leave quietly. That's not his dead body. That's an very that's a very weird choice of words for someone dying. I can Truly. imagine like, you know, if 
if it is that he actually passed away, as a grieving mother, maybe it's like a balm to say he chose to leave quietly in like a sense of, you know, he's gone now, he's in a better place kind of like language. But mm-hmm. ch- cho- the, the key word for me is choosing. Like he chose. Right. That's a little... Right. Uh, exactly. Sa- yeah, sound effects. <laughs> Not words. Sound effects. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So Suge Knight, friend okay, and CEO. Back, back to this dude. Cites a conversation that he had with Tupac. They were on vacation in Maui. Ooh. Shortly before uh, the shooting. Saying that Tupac talked about faking his own death. I don't know how much I believe anything Suge says, but sure, let's keep going. Fair, yes. Um, Although I think from my interpretation of the article, of the quote from Suge Knight, that maybe it was more of a an artistic sort of thing. Like, Tupac was talking about, like, wearing all white. I'm picturing sort of a music video sort of thing. Maybe he was trying to rebrand himself in the way that other artists had beforehand. Like, maybe he was no longer going to go by Tupac. He was going to do something else. Huh. But maybe after the fact, Suge Knight is now framing it as like, no, he wanted to he wanted literally to, yeah. fake his death. Huh. And Suge Knight's son says that he thinks the rapper, Tupac, lives in Malaysia with the help of the Illuminati. Yo! Everybody at home, take a shot and or mark your bingo board for this Seriously. episode. Seriously! Illuminati! Uh, yes. Uh, he didn't offer any evidence as to why he thinks that, but... And this is Suge Knight's kid? Yes. Correct. That's a little... <laughs> like, who asked you? Right? It's <laughs> a little like, alright, dude, sit down. Just sit, sit, sit. Okay, You're go. rocking the boat. Please don't. <laughs> All right. That's so funny. So, Tupac's former bodyguard, Michael Nice. I think it's Nice. How's it spelled? Like Nice. Oh, okay. Well, then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not Nice or anything. He's also, he, I was a little surprised, and maybe this is just my own biases, but uh, he's like a bald white English dude. Oh. So, like, Michael Nice. <laughs> Oh, God. That was good. Thanks. Um, so he claims that the Black Panthers... I'll be back. Mm-hmm. Got it. ...helped Tupac escape the Vegas hospital and flee the country, and that he was smuggled into Cuba with the help of Fidel Castro. There's a lot going on there. Yep. And then... All right. let's 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 calm down let's calm down after all this oh no get ready we're not calming oh never mind (laughs) we're going even to another level of insanity in december 2018 oh this bodyguard nice was reported dead (gasps) days before releasing evidence to show how tupac faced faked his death but he was so nice thank you thank you Wait, so he had evidence. So as his former bodyguard, he claims that he knows how Tupac faked his death and he was going to announce it to the world. But days before that that he announces it, he is pronounced dead. This is why you don't tell people what you're about to do. You just do it. Truly. And then, and like, there are newspaper headlines 
talking about how Tupac's former bodyguard is dead. In 2018. Yes. I do not remember this. Nor do I. <laughs> but that doesn't mean it didn't it happen. Didn't happen. Yeah, it does not mean that. In December 2019. Oh, dude. Michael Nice, the supposedly dead bodyguard of supposedly dead Tupac, posts a YouTube video explaining that he had to fake his own death to show that it could be done and to lend credence to his claims of Tupac's faked death. Whoa. So. So he genuinely did it. He genuinely faked his own death? Yes. And apparently none of his family knew about it. In, That's in, a little rude. <laughs> in the video, he's like, there are people close to me who are going to be deeply hurt, but I had to do this. Basically, he also claims that people were going to kill him for revealing the secrets, so he had to fake his death for his own safety. Okay. But also to prove that it could be done. Okay, so basically he said, I'm going to reveal things, dies, comes back, and is like, Ha! Told you I could do, like, this could be done, and now I can reveal things. Right. But I couldn't because they were gonna kill me. Has he revealed anything? No? He just posted the video of, like, it can be done. He, perhaps. I don't know why that was my British accent. I did not delve deeply into it. Okay, fair enough. But also, I will take the critical stance that some random white dude is probably more capable of faking his death than a world-famous rapper like Tupac. Fair. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it would be one thing if, like, Madonna supposedly faked her own death, but then it's like, Madonna's housekeeper did the same thing to show that it could be done. It's like, well... I don't know Madonna's housekeeper's name or face. Yeah. So then, there's this fun little graphic of Tupac sightings... Since his death in 1996. Um, I'll try and go in chronological order. Okay. In 2004, there's a photo of him in Cuba. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yes. And then 2011, he's photographed at a Wall Street protest in New York City. Okay. Everyone remember Occupy Wall Street? No. Remember those times? I do, but yeah. I I don't remember seeing any photographs of that. No. And then in 2012 in Sweden. Sweden? Okay, let's let's take that for a second. Sweden is populated majority-wise by tall white people. <laughs> if you are able to find anyone, it would be a okay, but, tall black guy. But also... In Sweden. But also, I feel like Scandinavian countries are both metaphorically and climologically. Climologically? It's probably not a word. But they're chill. Maybe Tupac just wanted to... Chill out with the Scandies? To go to Europe. I don't know. I've never been fake dead before. (laughs) And then there were, were sightings in 2014 in Los Angeles, in Boston... He's just hopping on planes and yes, going everywhere. The most recent one on this map is in 2018 in Somalia. Okay. This map does not indicate any sort of um, sourcing material <laughs> behind any of them. Okay. But we will post it on the Instagram. So those are kind of the general contenders. Oh, okay. And then I just have some more like miscellaneous fun facts slash to show the influence 
that Tupac has had. Okay. And in a roundabout way to lead you to what brought me to this topic. Yes. So in 2014, Holler If Ya Hear Me ran on Broadway. (laughs) I didn't want to say it in a rude way. I'm not making fun of it. No, I know. But it's spelled ya, like Y-A. Holla if you hear me. Yeah. Ran on Broadway for six weeks before closing. Is inspired by the rapper's lyrics and his music. Uh, Interestingly, the producer of the show said this. If we don't succeed, it's going to be difficult to do another rap or hip-hop show on Broadway. (laughs) Lies. Two years later, Hamilton. Hamilton won like 16 Tony Awards. But related to Hamilton, I went back through the archives and found a Tumblr post that is actually a really great resource that if you are, like the two of us, new to rap music, but you really enjoy Hamilton, it's kind of a sampler of hip-hop. So, like, if you like this character's songs, you'll probably like this style of rapper. Or if you like this song in particular, listen to this artist. And then they also, they also had, like, which rappers would these characters listen to. Like, oh, that's cute. Who's on Hamilton's playlist. That's cute. Um, so basically, Tupac is categorized as gangsta rap and is most analogous to Hercules Mulligan in the musical Hamilton. Oh, that makes so, me happy. Just to give you an idea, kind of, of his style yeah. of music. All right, moving right along. In 2017, there was a biopic called All Eyes on Me. Eyes with a Z. Okay. In 2018, there's a dramatic Netflix series, so not a documentary, which I felt was important to clarify, called Unsolved Tupac and Biggie. Um, since both of them, yeah, their, their deaths remain technically unsolved. Um, so... We can give that a watch and report back maybe at a later time. <laughs> in 2018, um, there's a, a book, a young adult novel called The Hate You Give. And yeah. that was also turned into a movie. So Tupac is a major inspiration and influence on the main character, who's a young black woman who is faced with the unlawful shooting of her friend by a police officer and the subsequent protests and uprising in her community. And one of the kind of things that keeps recurring is the term thug life, which is actually, and it's an acronym for, that Tupac created. So Tupac came up with thug life, which stands for the hate you give little infants Fs everybody. So. Okay. The hate you give is the name of the movie and the book. Um, and there's a five-part docuseries on FX about Tupac and his mother. It was announced in August of 2019. I couldn't find anything if it has Maybe, been released yeah. yet. Um, but, 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 And then there was an article that I read from February of 2020, February of this year. <laughs> and it's for a new film by Rick Boss titled Tupac, The Great Escape from UMC. And... UMC is the hospital okay. where Tupac I, yeah, I was guess, held. Yes. But. Um, not the United Methodist. Yes. <laughs> um, 
But he alleges that he obtained the information about Tupac's survival through the rapper's family and close circle of friends. And he said the following. You can write a fiction story, but this is not fiction. This is facts through certain people I know. Which is a segue to what brought me to this topic in the first place. I read an article that was recapping... One of Kamala Harris, vice president nominee, one of her interviews, it was a very lighthearted interview. They were framing it as helping her with some debate prep. So they were doing rapid fire questions. Okay. Like, what's your best thing that you cook in the kitchen? Things like that. She was asked who the best rapper alive is. Without hesitation, she says Tupac. And the, the host is like, um, Famous unsolved he died. He He's not alive. And, and Kamala Harris said, not alive, I know. I keep doing that. Keep doing that to who? Does she know something? <gasps> also, please register to vote. Make a plan. Thank you. What, okay, but why, why would she know? I don't know. But she's influential. That's true. She's high enough, uh, high enough up on the food chain. I mean, she's been in government for a while. I don't know. They did not speculate other reasons, but I just found it very interesting. That's fast. I keep I doing that. I read that article. I was intrigued, and I think it's politically timely in our current 2020 hellscape that um, we mention somebody. So, here are my, fi- my final thoughts. Okay. Part of me... Really wants to believe it's true. <laughs> like the part of me that has binged the Fast and Furious movie franchise on Aww. multiple occasions wants to believe it's true. Like yeah. faking your own death is a thing that happens remarkably frequently in that franchise. We can get into it at another time. But that's the main thing. However, I have some questions. Let's assume it's true that okay. somewhere Tupac is off living his best life pretending to be dead. Why would his former bodyguard out him now? Like, for personal gain, through notoriety. Also, I watched his video. It's like 12 minutes long. And he just seems super weird and cryptic and shady, which I guess if this was really true and this was like your business or your lived experience, that it would be very odd and weird to disclose but like if I you know. you know if you were trusted enough to help him fake his death why what has happened is it a money thing like yeah is it is he dead now right like but i feel like it wouldn't be a money thing because chupac i believe i didn't write down this this fact but chupac i believe has released more albums posthumously than he did when he was alive and they've all done very well. Like, many, if not all, of his records have gone platinum. Are they all from uh, Death Row Records? You know? I assume, assume. so. Because yeah. he, if you he know, going back that, to his yeah. work ethic, he was recording three tracks a day. Reminder. <laughs> Diabetes. But, you know, he was recording so much that yeah. there was all this material available. So I feel like... If it was a matter of he's been paid to keep quiet, it's not as if the money has dried up. Yeah. And if it's been so secret, it's not like there's another 
entity or gang or secret organization that would be trying to pay him to... You know what I mean? Like, other than becoming famous as Tupac's former bodyguard who knows some stuff about his death, what's the point? Yeah. And then... I have another question, but there are two kind of ideas. If there was a body swap, there are two presented theories of when it happened. Either it happened in the hospital after Tupac himself had been shot, which goes along with the autopsy discrepancies in the photos. Some people argue, and there's some very, very grainy footage from the MGM lobby of the fight, they argue that you can see Tupac's body double in the footage. Like, Tupac jumps out of the frame, and when his leg is still in the frame, you see a man wearing the same thing that looks very similar to Tupac walk into the frame. And that that body double got in the car and got shot. I mm. would argue that the swap at the hospital makes more sense. Because, one, how do you know there's going to be a shooting? Yeah. Unless you plan Literally it. the only way would be if Tupac had planned the shooting and then would know he needed a double. Yeah. Right? Because if Suge Knight knew about it, the only method, like, the only reason he has to put that hit is to take out Tupac, so why would he cover with the double? Yeah. But let's assume that they did swap pre-shooting. Okay. Here's my question. If Tupac is alive and somehow comes back into the public eye, would he face any charges for, like, allowing a body double to get shot in his place? You know what I mean? If he knew that the shooting was going to take place. Right. But yeah. then I guess we we wouldn't know if the... You know, is it, a, is it a security guard, secret service sort of thing where, like, the body double knew that there was risk and he still was willing to do it? Or was it just some unsuspecting guy that Tupac looks like? like you me. know, like it all just seems a little weird. But and the video thing of like him out of frame and then someone else coming into frame—that's just the video. Like, wouldn't someone in the lobby be like, "No, there were two dudes that were dressed exactly like each other." Right during a also, fight. You guys, you can go find the footage online. I wouldn't recommend it because it's from 1996. It's incredibly grainy. It's I had to watch it multiple times and I still could barely understand what people were trying to claim was shown in the video. Okay, yeah. So that one that one makes no sense to me. If if anything, I would argue that the hospital swap makes more sense. Yeah, I mean it has to. And that's all I've got about, is Tupac alive? Yes. <laughs> we Kamala we, Harris has confirmed it. <laughs> I mean, maybe, maybe when she enters office, I'm going to say when, not if, I'm manifesting, um, she can shine some light on the situation. And then, just to be formal, like, and because I am terrified of plagiarism, because my liberal arts education and honor code have made me scared. Here are some sources. <laughs> I've got two articles from the Rolling Stone. Uh, there's an article on The Medium um, by Lisa Marie Fuca. 
I'm not sure how to pronounce it, but you can look it up. CBS News, 40 Facts You Didn't Know About Tupac. And there's a website called NME, which is about um, the bodyguard, Michael Nice. Um, and all the videos are, like, on YouTube. Yes. You can find them on YouTube, and I believe we can link things in the show notes as well. Yeah. And then for any photos that uh, are going to be posted... You can find them on our Instagram at this podcast doesn't exist, all one word, because we can't shorten it any smaller than that. <laughs> I mean, we could, but we like continuity. Yeah. But there's no um, apostrophe. Yeah. Because I mean, yes, the handle would be handles. Um, but yeah, that is my journey into the mystical and mysterious world of rap music in the mid 90s and unsolved. Drive-by shootings. Yeah. I mean, I, I wonder if... So if Tupac... If Tupac was shot, and then Biggie was shot six months after, if Tupac was still alive, was he the shooter? Done. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I don't know. I, think, I wonder, was, yeah. was the rivalry that strong that it would have... Because I wonder how much the rivalry was, like, for media attention for like songs to be right like for records to be sold rather than like because my assumption is that Tupac didn't really sleep with Biggie's wife but I don't know because I wasn't there but like I I I don't I genuinely don't know how large of a rivalry it could have been that one would have wanted to kill the other yeah I mean my little Hufflepuff heart just wants to believe that Tupac faked his own death, and then helped Biggie fake his death, and they are just palling it up in somewhere <laughs> in Cuba, living their best lives. Oh, that's right, and, and, like, I just, uh, I just want to believe that Tupac is, like, a really chill SoundCloud DJ. You know, that he has, like, a web following, but he's not major because he's purposely keeping, keeping himself low, yeah. under the radar, but... You know, nowadays with the internet, like, anybody can make music anywhere. I just want to believe that he's still, like, putting out music. (laughs) On SoundCloud. I mean, I don't know. Well, thank you. You're welcome. That's that's one I've never, I've never explored. It was never one that caught my eye, but I, I thoroughly enjoyed that. And now you have an opinion. Yeah, I do. Well, whenever we're allowed to have parties again, but... If Tupac ever comes up, you can... I hope you learned something today that you yeah. can share. I will say, the one of the main reasons this podcast was started is because uh, one of my very favorite cocktail party questions, because I hate small talk, was, uh, what is your favorite conspiracy? And it only genuinely worked on, like, two or three people in terms of actually generating a conversation. So the fact that we can talk about this is really nice because <laughs> I hate, I, I hate small talk. And when I, whenever I'm in a party situation, I feel like I want to talk about weird unknown things so that both of us are like uncomfortable, but I like learning shit. And this was fun. I like learning shit. Unofficial tagline. I do. I like learning shit. <laughs> Put it on the merch. Put it on the mug. <laughs> more mugs, more mugs. Anyway, I hope we all learned something today. Now you have something to talk about on your next Zoom happy hour. Yeah. 
Oh, wow. Well, if you have a topic that you'd like to share, that you like to regale people with on your Zoom calls or in-person parties, shoot us an email. This podcast doesn't exist at gmail.com. No apostrophe, obviously, because that's just how formatting works. Uh, If you have thoughts about Tupac, about Kamala Harris, about any other conspiracy theories, we would love to hear them. But yeah. And remember, this podcast doesn't exist.